Welcome, and thank you for tuning into the Graceland Church Podcast. Our mission is to follow Jesus and love our neighbor for the good of the city. There is a common teaching among pastors that sometimes you can't develop really close friendships with people in ministry. And I wholeheartedly disagree with that, partially because I developed a friendship with one of my closest friends in the world, Josh Houston, who is on drums today, and his amazing wife, Amanda. Let's give them a hand for being with us today. Great worship leaders. <laughs> Through being in ministry together, he was on our team at our church plant out in Los Angeles for a lot of years. And um, then when we left, he took that over and became the lead pastor there for a season. And then recently, for the past few years, he has become a hospice chaplain. So he spends time with people that are right on the edge of death. And he's going to share some incredible stories, and he's going to close our series for us today called Life in the Spirit. And I'm not just saying this because he's my buddy, but he is one of my all-time favorite preachers and teachers. So you're in for a treat. Uh, get your hearts ready to hear from God's Word. Let's welcome Josh Houston up to the front. Good morning. Can I get a little bit more on this, just so I don't push my voice? I appreciate it. Thank you. I am so excited to be here. It's, it's really hard to find words how, how full my heart has felt the last few days. Um, the Kolar family is like family for us. And uh, we, my wife and I and the kids, we flew out from Southern California, Central California now. And we've been here since Thursday. They've been showing us around, spending time together. It's been so good. Um, I've been following along the, the sermon series, Life in the Spirit, um, on Facebook from Fresno, California. It's been good, right? Everybody enjoying it? Um, and I'm honored to wrap this series up with something I just, I believe to be rich and meaningful for you that I've been, it's been on my heart for months, actually. Um, we also have our elementary kids in the room, yes? They're spread out all over. You guys got your sermon bingo ready, right? You know what you're doing with the sermon bingo? You're looking out in case I say words like library or yo-yo or hippopotamus. Just hippopotamus might be on there. All right, there you go. So pay attention. Before we jump in, a little about me. Like uh, Nathan said, my name is Josh Houston. I'm married to Amanda. She is the brightest soul I've ever known. I say it all the time, and I just, it's just so true. I love you. We also have our, our two kids, Aria and Shiloh, right here, eight-year-old and five-year-old now. Oh, my goodness. Whew, so good. We also have a 14-year-old mini schnauzer at home named Goonie. He couldn't come with us, unfortunately, but he's doing well, I'm assuming. Maybe he's watching online right now. Vocationally, I serve as a hospice chaplain. I will jump into a little bit more of that as we keep going. I'm passionate about specialty coffee. Anybody? <laughs> specialty coffee. About making pizza from home, like serious pizza from home. Pizza. Kids, pizza. From home. Cinema. I love cinema, I love storytelling, and the craft of writing. I love the craft of writing. I could talk about each of these for hours. That's not why I'm here today, though. I'm here today to talk about life in the spirit, which is something I also love to talk about. I could talk about for hours. I'm passionate about living life immersed in the spirit of God. Here's the thing, though. When we talk about God, when we talk about the divine, I think the best we can do really is metaphor. Symbols. And allegory and story is really our best chance at trying to capture it because when we use language, it just kind of falls apart in front of the holy. You know what I'm talking about? 
It just, it just, it's thin. So today, I'm going to use a bunch of different images and ideas to help paint a picture of life in the Spirit for you. Uh, for those of you who like outlines, type A people who like to know where we're headed before we're going there. Anybody? Here's my plan today. I want to talk about boom boxes and thin places. I want to talk about archaeology in the Amazon River. And I want to talk about bagels and fish paste and high school football and yogurt and a French Carmelite who showed me the power of my iPhone. That's what we're going to do today. And my hope is to circle around all those things to point to one central idea. It's this. Life in the Spirit is ultimately about tuning our hearts to the heart of Jesus. If you don't get anything else today, this is what I hope you get. We got it up here, right? Yes. Life in the Spirit is ultimately about tuning our hearts to the heart of Jesus. That's the drum I'm going to bang today. Kids, drum. There you go. To start, remember back in the 80s and 90s, got these boom boxes, right? Anybody have one of these? I love, like, watching dudes walking down the street, put on the shoulder, right? Got that big antenna pointed up, bumping FM radio. It's so good. I love a boombox, this beast of an FM radio. We were actually, we pulled it out the other day. Nathan ordered this, and we pulled it out, and the kids were looking at it like this is a foreign object. We said, music plays through this, and they're like, like, through Spotify? <laughs> no, right? This is what's amazing about this. Guys, there's music flying above our heads right now. We forget about that right? There's music flying above our heads. And this could be, this is kind of a nice one, but this could be a piece of junk that you buy at a pawn shop that's duct taped together. However, if it's got power, if the antenna's up, if it's tuned in, it picks up on the music that we can't see, right? I'm do it right now. Ready for a magic trick, kids? This is so cool. Static. Everybody's familiar with that. It's, it's some connection to people that care. It's not music, though. Do you know how much you care? That's good. Come on, come on. Give me something. Come on. Okay. Man, that really screwed up the commercials on Christian radio, right? <laughs> Okay, I think it's wild that this thing can pick up, this little thing can pick up music flying above our heads as long as it's plugged into a source, antennas up, radios tuned, right? I wonder how often we miss encountering God. I wonder how often we miss out on our purpose. How often we miss broadcasting the music of heaven because we're not plugged into our source because our antenna's put away, because we're not tuned into the heart of Jesus. What I'm talking about here is discernment, and it's this kind of heavenly wisdom. It's a gift from God that God gives to us. Scripture talks about that, but it can also be cultivated in our hearts. It can also be honed in. And it's where we, kind of, we develop these heavenly eyes, these heavenly ears to see beyond what we just see with our physical eyes. It's a tuning in to the music of heaven. And I don't exaggerate when I say I think, I believe that the life and the spirit is completely dependent on this, tuning into the heart of Jesus. I grew up a pastor's kid in Southern California. I felt called to the ministry when I was 12 years old. I'm just, I, I love shepherding. I went to school for it. I got my undergrad degree, my grad degree in pastoral ministry and spiritual leadership. I'm ordained with the Assemblies of God. I pastored in, in Southern California, Central California. But a few years back, I felt God call me 
outside the local church to pastor outside the walls. And I, I, I didn't know what to do with it for a while. I came across healthcare chaplaincy. And it really piqued my interest as I started exploring it. So I, what I did was I entered a full-time chaplain residency where we studied CPE, which is clinical pastoral education. And that, that one-year residency was at a level one trauma center in Fresno, California. And I spent the majority of that year in ICU at the height of the pandemic. So I was basically a COVID chaplain during that year. And when I finished my residency, that's when I took a job as a hospice chaplain, where I now serve patients who have been told they, they have less than six months to live. So I have this ministry to the dying now. You know, the Celts, they used to talk about thin places. They'd say heaven and earth are only three feet apart, but in thin places, it's, the distance is even shorter. For the Celts, the thin places were often geographic in nature, like mountains, kids, mountains, beaches, or cliffs, or just a field under the stars. Maybe you've been in a space where you just feel like the space feels thin, like heaven is really close. I have this experience of thin places every day in hospice ministry, intimately near death. Weeks, days, hours, sometimes even minutes before a person's passing. It's this kind of liminal space where it feels like someone has one foot in eternity and one foot here. And they're like they're, they're, they're straddling the door. And you can feel it. If you're in that room, it's like heaven's pouring in the room. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You've been in that space before. Here's the thing about thin places, though. It's my opinion. It's not so much that God or heaven is closer as much as it is our awareness of God is heightened. Paul wrote a letter to the Colossians, and this is what he said. Christ is all, and Christ is in all. It's this verse that so many Christians fly by. I've literally never heard a sermon preached on this verse before. But this is fascinating. Christ, the eternal animating spirit that gives life to everything in this universe. Christ, the blueprint, the essence of the infinite God that's revealed in the person of Jesus. Christ is all, and Christ is in all. This verse changed the way I see the world, because what it means is the question is, is never, is God here? The question is, am I aware that God is here? The truth is, everywhere is a thin place if we're in on the secret. And I found that the Spirit's invitation is not to try to put ourselves in holy locations more often, but to recognize that every moment is already holy. Every space is already sacred because all of creation is filled with the glory of God. The entire universe is drenched in Christ. It's immersed in Christ. It's baptized in Christ. Are we aware of it? It's a core conviction for me as a follower of Jesus, and especially as a, as a clinical chaplain, because here's the thing, if I'm tuned in, if my antenna's up and I'm tuned in, I eventually realize that every house I walk into, every facility room I walk into, God was there long before I showed up, and he's going to be there long after I leave. Some helpful imagery for me here, the architect versus the archaeologist. Architect walks into a space and says, I want to build something here. I'm going to build a building here. Maybe it's something large, maybe it's something small, but I have this vision in my mind, I'm going to construct something. I might even need to demolish what's already here in order to, to see my vision unfold, right? An archaeologist, they're led by their curiosity to see what's already present. 
they gently, they delicately unearth what's already here to reveal what's just hiding powerfully below the surface. That's discernment. That's life in the spirit. And it's not just for clinical chaplains. It's for all of us. Not, I have a plan I want to accomplish in, in this space. Rather, Jesus, what are you already doing here that I can partner with? That's life in the spirit. Because when we follow Jesus, we don't initiate anything. We don't create anything. We don't start anything. We don't cause anything. We commit ourselves to discernment, to tuning our hearts. Put the antenna up. Tuning our hearts to the heart of Jesus so that our plans, our desires, our intentions can be properly aligned with Jesus. Please hear this. This is the power of the Amazon River. I love this. The power of the Amazon River can flow through a straw as long as the straw is aligned with the flow. That's the power of alignment. If our hearts are in alignment with the work of Jesus, our purpose in life is to join Jesus as he renews all of his creation. That's why we're here. Christianity is not just about getting to heaven. It's about joining Jesus and bringing heaven down to earth. That was his prayer. God, bring heaven down here. Joining Jesus in service and love as he meets the brokenness in front of him with compassion. There's a story in scripture. It's called the feeding of the 5,000, often termed. Anybody know that one? It's a good one, right? It's in three of the gospels, Matthew, or Mark, John, and Matthew. You can see different perspectives in each of the stories um, and I'm going to summarize it. It goes like this. The disciples and Jesus are hanging out. They're doing ministry. They get really tired, and they want to get away for a little bit. But this huge crowd is following them. Scripture says 5,000 men. So if we're counting women and children, too, we're probably looking around 10 or 15,000 people, okay? And for reference, Bridgestone Arena, the Bridgestone Arena, any Predators fans here? All right, there we go. I see one. <laughs> I see that hand. Seating capacity at the hockey game is 17,000, okay? So let's say just shy of a hockey stadium is approaching Jesus, <laughs> and they're eager, they're desperate, right? And Scripture says Jesus sees them, and he's filled with compassion. Now, I'm going to shoot straight with you. I'm a pastor. I've preached a lot. I've listened to a lot of sermons. I've been in church my whole life. When pastors whip out the Greek, I kind of roll my eyes, Okay? It's, sometimes it's about ego. Sometimes it's really good. But like some, often when I hear the pastor go, the Greek on this word, I'm like, oh, come on, is that necessary? This one is so good, okay? <laughs> I'm qualifying it because it's my favorite. The word for compassion is splagnizomai. Everyone say splagnizomai. Splagnizomai references the nobler entrails. The heart, the liver, the lungs, the kidneys, the bowels. It's the guts of a person. And those guts came to denote, came to refer to the place where the deepest emotions like love and hatred come from. So have you ever had those like deep feelings? Love, joy, like rage, right? That's not like, oh, I'm thinking rageful thoughts. Or like, it's like down here. I'm not so in love with my head. It's like, oh, I'm so in love with my gut, right? This is where this compassion is coming from. It's, it's this tenderness, this relentless tenderness that causes someone to be moved from their bowels. That's splagnizomai. So when we read in scripture that Jesus was moved with compassion, we're seeing his gut twisted, we're seeing his heart ripped open, and the most vulnerable part of his soul revealed. This, it's being literally pulled from the insides outward. That's Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, that is Jesus. This is Jesus. Now the disciples, very different response to the crowd. 
They see all these people, and they say, hey, Jesus, it's getting late. Send the people away to go get something to eat. And Jesus goes, you feed them. (laughs) Well, there's a lot of people, Jesus. Half a year's wages wouldn't really take care of the bill here. He says, how much bread you got? (laughs) And that's where they go out and find the little kid and jack his lunch, right? (laughs) Um, They brought the little boy to Jesus, and what does he have, right? He's got... This little boy, he's got five small barley loaves and two small fish. They bring him to Jesus. Now, the picture version, if you grew up in church or you've seen visions of this, right, it's like you got this little boy who walks up with these big, freshly baked loaves and these, like, yellowtail tuna that he just caught, right, in some ocean or something. This is the food of the poor. And this is a poor kid's lunch. So the bread, it's like bagels with no holes in them. And the fish are these little sardines that you would use as paste to spread on your bread. So basically what we're working with here is bagels and fish paste. Delicious. (laughs) Jesus takes that and feeds thousands of people. That's what he was up to. That was his plan for the day. The disciples' plan, send them away, Jesus. They're not aligned, right? They're misaligned in this moment. They're not in tune with the heart of Jesus. Jesus was filled with compassion. The disciples are filled with inconvenience. Anybody ever felt that one before? Okay. (laughs) I have. (laughs) Now, here's the really good part. Jesus told them, feed the people, right? They said, "Send send them all these people away, Jesus. Have them go get something to eat. You feed them. I love this. Jesus takes the bagels, the fish paste. He thanks his heavenly father for it. He blesses it, he breaks it, and who does he give it to? The disciples. And what do they do? They feed the people. They eventually were in on what he was doing. They got aligned eventually. It just took them a minute to get there. They were a little slow. Help us out, Jesus. We're a little slow sometimes, right? They fed the people. It just took them a minute to get there. And here's, here's, the, here's the takeaway. We're going to miss it, guys. We're, we're going to miss it a lot. All of us are. We're going to be on a different page than Jesus. He's going to be over here doing this thing, or we're going to be like moving our fingers around over here like something's really important. Jesus, come help me out over here. He's going to say, no, 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 I'm doing something over here. You come join me. I'm doing something far more important than what you're up to. It happens to all of us. Anyone and anyone, everyone who follows Jesus is going to experience this. But here's the key. If we can learn to pause, extend the antenna. Jesus, what are you doing here? We can be in on the music. We can be in on the miracle. The result of alignment is that needs get met. People encounter the power of Jesus. This is life in the spirit. This is tuning in to the heart of Jesus. People often ask me what I do as a chaplain, and in a very general sense, what I do is I provide spiritual and emotional support to terminally ill patients and their families. Practically what that looks like, though, it's very different from room to room. In certain rooms, very religious, very Christian people, they're like, I need some prayer, they want some scripture, encouragement. Maybe they want to take communion. Maybe they want pastoral counsel. Other rooms, they don't want to talk religion or faith. They've been burned by God. They've been burned by religion. They've been burned by a pastor, maybe even abused by by a pastor. What they need is someone to cry with them, to hold them as they share regrets and pain and loss and fear. Maybe they need education on the dying process or education on how grief works. Other rooms, they want to share how their grandchildren are their joy and their meaning. Other rooms, it's the 16 cats that are their purpose for life, which I know that lady. (laughs) Funny enough, though, my job in every one of those rooms is the same. It's tuning into the music of heaven, 
two stories, and I want to focus particularly on where I missed it. How, eventually, I got a line, but it took me a minute to get there. First story. During my residency, I was working in ICU. A 16-year-old boy was brought in. He had a heart attack on the football field. They gave him CPR. He was without oxygen for 15 minutes. And in case you're not aware, five minutes is enough. Five minutes without oxygen to the brain is enough for brain damage, even death. 15 minutes, this kid went without oxygen. He had strong family support. He had good friend support. The room was just full of posters, pictures. People were praying. It was, it was awesome. But I met with his parents, right? How are you guys doing? We want a miracle. We want a miracle. Absolutely. I do too here. I'm also preparing for the strong possibility that this is not going to go the way we want it to. And candidly, that's the majority of my job. It's meeting people in their suffering. It's meeting them in their pain when it's crushing, when they don't get what they want, when they don't understand why the miracle didn't come through. Most of my job is in that space. But what I do is I meet patients and families where they are, not where I want them to be or where I think they should be. And where this family was, was we're praying for a miracle. Join us. So I joined them. I prayed and prayed. Every time I went to see them, they say, put your hands on our boy and pray for him. Ask God to heal him. And we did. Weeks of this. I put my antenna up. God, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? All I got back, join the chorus of prayers. Join the chorus of prayers. We prayed and prayed and prayed. And a few weeks later, that boy's sitting up. He's talking. He's joking with me. He's using sarcasm in his jokes. A few weeks later, I walked with him and his parents out of that hospital. That same day, I walked back up to the ICU and I said, doctor, what happened? <laughs> we don't see this. We see a lot of the other. What happened here? He said, that boy should not be alive right now. That boy should not be sitting up talking. He definitely should not be walking out of this, this hospital. He pointed up, we had help on this one. My heart was just opened. I was not in alignment at first, but I got there. Took me a minute. Second story, I currently have a patient who's at a facility. She's not a Christian, but she's deeply committed to God. A lot of faith, a lot of goodness, a lot of love in her heart. Last month, I walk in the room. She's eating lunch. She's got a big bowl of yogurt in front of her on her tray, fingers in the yogurt. There's a spoon there, but she's got her fingers in the, she's eating with her fingers. It's like, all right, that's cool. You know, patients like to do that sometimes. She's tired. She's in a lot of pain. Just like a heaviness on her. There's a loneliness. There's a depression. Just real heaviness in the room. So I sat with her in that space. We talked. And I said, what do you need today? And she reached out her yogurt hand. And I knew what she was saying. <laughs> she was saying, hold my hand. It's like, I ain't holding that yogurt hand. <laughs> I acted like I didn't know what she was saying. My heart said, send them away, Jesus. <laughs> He said, you give them something to eat. My antenna's going up, and the spirit is whispering, connection, this is what I'm up to right now. No one touches her, except to change her brief. No one touches her. Hold her hand. She says it again, hold my hand with a smile. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Took me a minute, but I got there. I grabbed that yoga hand. And I was grossed out for a few seconds. But then her lo the love in her eyes opened. She, she welled up with joy that someone saw her, that someone connected with her, that someone loved her. Now, in both of these stories, I missed it at first. I was not in alignment. I was not tuned in. It took me a minute, but I got there eventually. 
because my heart was set on pleasing Jesus. I want to be in alignment with you. I'm going to miss it a lot, Jesus, but I'm, I want to be in alignment. I'm going to shoot straight with you this morning. Alignment with Jesus is really hard work because what it requires is for dead parts of us to fall off so that new life can rise from within us, which is what salvation in the New Testament means. Not just getting to, to heaven, but, but new life right now on the way there. <laughs> That's life in the Spirit. It's ultimately about tuning our hearts to the heart of Jesus, but it begs the question, how? How do we t- tune our hearts to the heart of Jesus? And I, I really, I hope to, to break some boxes a little bit this morning right now, pop some bubbles here. You don't need religious activities to tune you in. Let that sit for a second, okay? Read your Bible, pray, fast, worship, serve, give generously. Now, I do all of these things every week. And I recommend them for anybody who follows Jesus. But if you do all these things, it does not mean that you will tune in with the Holy Spirit. I know a lot of Christians who want to use religious activities to convince God to give them the life that they want. And that is not how this works. All those activities, please hear this, all those activities are intended to tune our heart to his, not his heart heart to ours. That's a big shift that has to happen. Because we can engage in all the God activities and miss God. One of my mentors used to say, who cares if you know Jesus' sandal size, but you don't know his heart? This is about being tuned in. So what's the secret then? How do we tune in? We ask 100 different pastors, you get 100 different answers, right? I'm going to tell you what I believe to be the case here. Two words. It's really simple. Attention and intention. This is how we commit to tuning into the heart of Jesus. As often as we can, we give God our mind, and we give him the attentions of our heart. And here's how powerful this is. You can do this during any activity of your day. You don't have to be in a prayer and worship service to focus your mind on Jesus. You don't have to be in the middle of a fast to say, Jesus, here's my heart, shape me. I give you permission. You can be in traffic. You can be walking your dog or doing homework or gardening or playing at the park with your kids or being in line at Hattie B's, which I had the other day. Right? It comes down to a commitment, a resolve to bringing our minds back to Jesus and our hearts back to him. There's this little book called The Practice of the Presence of God. It's about this man named Brother Lawrence who lived in 17th century Paris, France. He served as a lay brother in a Carmelite monastery. And his life message was simple. He said, think about God as often as you can in all you do and pray for help to do it more. This is what he called practicing the presence of God. Think about God as often as you can in all you do and ask for help to do more. And I was, I was really reflecting on this about eight years ago. Because this is what Brother Lawrence said, God is present to me always. Why would I not make myself present to him always? <laughs> So good. I was like, God, I want that. I want that. Eight years ago, I said, I want that, Jesus. So here's what came to mind. My iPhone. If you have an iPhone, you have an app on there that's called Clock App. And you, with that app, you can set alarms, right? And you can title the alarms, too. Eight years ago, I got this idea. I'm going to set a silent, vibrating alarm that's going to remind me to bring my mind back to Jesus and my heart back to Jesus. So what I did was I set those alarms for 10 a.m., 11 a.m., noon, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6 p.m. Nine alarms that are going to bring my attention back to God and my intention back to God. And I set those alarms eight years ago, and I never turned them off. 
So for the last eight years of my life, my iPhone, now my Apple Watch too, it stops me. It invites me to pause and bring my mind back to him and my heart back to him. They go off when I'm brewing coffee. They go off when I'm taking out the trash cans. Kids, trash cans. When I'm in a work meeting, when I'm making pizza, when I'm playing superheroes with my kids, when I'm holding a patient's yogurt hand, my phone starts vibrating in my pocket. And I can't accent enough how how much this has enhanced my faith, how much it's drawn me back to Jesus and surrender. I dare you to try it. Take it and make your own if you want to. I mean, if you got the old flip phone with like the burner phone, rock that thing. That's cool. Put post-it notes up all over your house that just say, Jesus loves me. (laughs) I am God's. He's so affectionate of me today. Have a friend text you a Bible verse a couple times a day. Or just maybe just make it a commitment in your heart today. I'm going to pray as many times as I can, Jesus, here's my heart. Because ultimately what this is about is tuning into the heart of Jesus. And it's a skill that it takes over a lifetime to develop. But it's as simple as coming back to this posture of the heart that puts us on our knees before the king of the universe. God, here I am. Have me. I want to invite the worship team back up. I'm going to come back to this boombox. When the radio's not tuned in, you get just static, right? Everybody, that, that, that noise is just hard to listen to for too long, right? Static. It's lots of noise, no music. I've known a lot of Christians in my life. Some of them, lots of noise, no music. I don't want to be that Christian. We're created to project the music of heaven, and it requires that our minds and our hearts are fixed on Christ. So here's what I want to close with. Coming back to this radio. This radio wasn't designed to project music so that it can enjoy its music, so that it can enjoy itself. <laughs> Look how awesome I am. <laughs> I can shoot music out of me. <laughs> the purpose of it is to project the music so that it can enhance, enhance the lives of others. Life in the Spirit, in the spirit is a commitment tuning into the heart of Christ and where it eventually will lead you is outward to others for others life in the spirit is never just about your own enjoyment of God it's about encountering God to be aligned with his life and his power so that your life can enhance others you were created to be in tune with the spirit of God filled with a gut full of compassion so that you would be propelled outward toward others serving in the compassion of Jesus. But it starts with the intention, the attention of our mind and the intentions of our hearts. How often can we come back to that? It's as simple as this, to pray, maybe for the hundredth time today or maybe for the very first time in your life, God, here I am. Have my heart. May the music of heaven flow through me so that you can benefit the lives of those around me. Let's pray. God, thank you that you are here, that you showed up long before any of us did, and you were dancing in this space. You were painting in this space, God, and we are the benefactors of that. And we want to encounter you right now. So we pause for a moment to fix our minds on you and to fix our hearts on you. We're yours. Whatever you want, shape us, mold us. Pull away the stuff that's not like you and replace it with the fruit of your spirit. God, we give you permission to do what you want here. 
We ask this all in faith in the name of Jesus, knowing that you hear our prayers even better than we can ask them. Amen. Lord, we thank you that you're with us. We thank you that you're always near. This is your promise. Thank you for your word uh, coming to us today, reminding us to just grow in our awareness of your presence, God. So we say yes to it. We say yes, we want to follow you. We want to know you more. We want to see you. We want to tune our hearts to your very heart, Jesus. If that's you, church, just say yes with me. If you want, lift your hands, lift your hearts. Lord, this is us putting our antennas up. We want to know you more, God. We want to actually practice your presence. We want to know this joy, this peace. This is also our commitment as a church. As we conclude this 21 days of prayer and fasting, Lord, it's, it's not the end of us seeking you. It's the beginning of paying more attention to you, walking closer with you, leaning more into life in the spirit, God. God, you provide provision when we think there is none. You provide direction when we feel confused or that we hit a dead end, God. You change our thinking. You change our understanding. Give us peace as we trust and follow you in all things. In Jesus' name. Just sing that simple part. There's no place I'd rather be one more time than I'll pray a benediction over us. There's no place I would rather be. Come on, sing it, church. There's no place I would rather be. There's no place I would rather be. Here in your love, here in your love, no place I would rather be, no place I would rather be, no place I would rather be, than here in your love, here in your love. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Love you all very much. Have a great rest of your day.